and welcome to episode number 156 of the Lions Podcast. My name is Matt Brown. Get a solo pod from me this week. Uh, Brett Colson be back next week. We'll start touching base with Brad Allen as well on the golf that is going on around the world. Uh, not only a very good football handicapper, but also really knows his golf as well. So we'll start looking into this. That being said, I'm not going to skip the Genesis Invitational. Certainly going to hit on that. Glad to be back with you guys uh, after what can only be described as a disaster of a Super Bowl. Hopefully it wasn't as bad for you guys, but it was pretty terrible for me. Um, Things did not go not only did not go how I planned, but they went exactly the opposite of how I planned. There could not have been a more uh, this thing could not have played out more against how the I played out every single scenario that I thought was logical in my brain. Um, the fact that the Chiefs did not score a single touchdown did not ever cross my mind. I'll fully admit that. And I just completely blew it. So. Uh, unfortunate on the Super Bowl, but we had a good football season overall. So hopefully you guys uh, enjoyed what we put out for the course of football season on uh, trying to do a, a quick little quick little, uh, you know, from sport to sport here, because we can just kind of, you know, it's been a while. But on the NBA side of things, if you are if you're looking at kind of how the NBA has started to play out when we look at these futures odds for the NBA. I mean, we're now talking about, you know, Lakers at two and a half to one to win the championship. Nets four to one, Clippers five and a half to one, Bucks seven to one, everybody else 12 to one or longer. Listen, there's no way I could ever tell you to put a bet on the Lakers at two and a half to one. I mean, that you're likely not to get much worse odds than that, even as the season continues to play out. So, I mean, you're just going to be getting you're going to be getting and collecting more information and you're getting and collecting more information and not getting worse odds. So my best way to go about playing that is if you do want the Lakers, just, um, you know, take a look and uh, take a look and see in about, you know, two or three weeks where they're at. See where their odds are at. It's not going to be that much worse than it's at right now. So you'll at least be you'll at least have two or two or three more weeks of information from this team and see how they fare without Anthony Davis. That's the other thing, right? I mean, maybe you're going to get more favorable odds because maybe they hit a couple. Maybe they hit a stumbling block without Anthony Davis being in there with this Achilles injury of him. So, you know, two and a half to one, maybe it becomes three and a half to one after after they lose two or three in a row or something like that. So, uh, again, hold off on the Lakers if you like them. See what's going on in two or three weeks. Uh, or if the odds just happen to hit something you think is is the high point that you're not going to see again over the course of this Anthony Davis injury, then, you know, go ahead and pull the trigger then. Nets, of course, um, with all that talent, that's why they're sitting at four to one. They got a ton of pub as soon as it was announced that James Harden was getting uh, traded to them. And, you know, listen, they've been an unbelievably amazing offense and an unbelievably awful defense all in one uh, historic levels in both. And so if you think they can figure the things out on defense, like I said, their offense is producing at a historic rate. So it, uh, it really just comes down to whether they're going to be able to stop anybody in the playoffs whenever it comes down to it. Clippers and Bucks. I'm just not sold on the Bucks. The Bucks are inconsistent from night to night and you just don't really know what you're getting from this team. Um, so I just don't like them very much. I don't think they're built to go all the way quite yet. Uh, Clippers certainly could one of the deepest teams, if not the deepest team in all the NBA, 
five and a half to one might be a little bit of a, a little bit of value on them actually even right now just given what we know we do at least have a body of work as to what's going on with that team jazz the hottest team in the nba 12 to 1 this thing has plummeted their odds you're still getting double digits listen if they keep doing what they're doing those that that's not going to be there any longer so uh just something to consider as you look over on the uh nba side of things from the futures listen Here's the other thing, MVP, it's the same thing with LeBron than it is with the Lakers in general. LeBron's at plus 180 right now. I mean, you're we're talking less than 2 to 1 to get um to win the MVP. And so I mean, this is just one of those things where I can't I just can't say at plus 180 pull the trigger on LeBron even though he is definitely winning it right now he is you know the guy in the he is certainly the the leader in the clubhouse that being said again we're going to get two or three more weeks of of information where the odds is they can't get that much lower right I mean they just can't get that much lower than plus 180 so maybe he struggles maybe he ends up having to miss some games whatever it may, might be then some of these other guys really become you know much more in the picture, like a Joel Embiid, like a Nikola Jokic, maybe even Luka, and then maybe some of these other guys further down the board. James Harden is sitting sixty-six to one right now. He's having to, he carried the Nets to win by himself last night. Um, became the point guard for them, distributing very well. Not saying I think that it that, that he has a chance to actually win it, but just saying that you know maybe these guys can start to put their name in the actual discussion. You know, Donovan Mitchell sixty-six to one at DraftKings as well where he's playing on the hottest team in the NBA with the jazz. If they continue, I mean, I don't think they will regression. Certainly I think regression is going to have to set in, but what if they do? It's weird. It's a weird year. I don't know if you know or not. It's been a weird year. So maybe, maybe they do. And uh, you know, you're getting him at 66 to one. So again, just on LeBron, just hold off. You're going to get two or three more weeks of information to gather. And then if you still want to bet him, you're not going to get that much worse than plus plus one eighty as it is anyway, with all of this. The Australian Open is going on right now on the tennis side of things. And listen, on the female side of things, it has been, there has just been upsets left and right, all up and down. And what we're going to get is we're going to get Jen Brady in a match against a qualifier for uh, not, not 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 a qualifier, but a a twenty four year old unseated player for a chance at the finals. On the women's side of things, this is one of the things to remember. And this is just really more moving forward whenever you're betting tennis, especially in these big, um, especially in these big majors. Always remember the the women's side is always more wide open than the men's side. When we have Djokovic and we have when we have Djokovic and we have Nadal, typically we have Federer. When you have those guys in these tournaments, those all those guys all going down, and one of those guys, if not two of those guys, making it to the finals is just so incredibly unlikely. But on the women's side of things, the top seeds fall all the time. The top seeds get run all the time. And so just remember that as you go to bet these um, as you go to bet these futures that 
on the women's side of things, especially from ten, in tennis and these majors, Grand Slam tournaments, you want to make sure that you're not taking chalk because chalk just so, so, so rarely gets there. So think about that as you move forward whenever you're betting, when you're betting tennis, just make sure uh, you keep that in the back of your head. On the men's side of things, again, much more chalky. We still have Djokovic. We still have Medvedev. We still have, um, we still have Nadal right now in the tournament, depending on when you're listening to this. But they're all still there. And those guys just, uh, they, they tend to be much, much, much more consistent than what goes on on the women's side of things. From a college basketball standpoint, there's really not much more for me to say. It is Baylor, it is Gonzaga, and then it is basically everybody else. I guess you could throw Michigan in there. We've just seen so little from Michigan that, you know, I don't know. I don't know if we could really and truly say that we want to go, you know, with a team that we haven't seen play all this much at six and a half to one with Michigan. Um, that being said, it's by far the best odds. Baylor two and a half to one, Gonzaga two two point seven to one, and then Michigan at six and a half to one. So just think about that whenever you are going and betting this. But again, all these other teams, it's a weird tournament, right? Listen, it is a weird tournament. It's a one and done. We it's called March Madness for a reason. Some one of these longer shots could certainly do it, but but Baylor, Gonzaga, and it seems like Michigan seem to be just head and shoulders above everybody else. It's not like one of those oh they're the best teams. It's like they are the best teams by far above everybody else out there. So you know you can throw a twenty to one on an Oklahoma or an Iowa or you know whatever a Florida State. I just don't know how you get there without some craziness uh, really going down. But again, it is March Madness. It is a one and done tournament. But there are three teams that are just absolutely uh, head and shoulders above everybody else out there. So probably not a market I'm going to be playing until we get to the actual tournament itself. And then maybe if I want to pick just individual upsets or something like that, I'll, I'll go that route. But I don't think I'm going to be playing, uh, you know, futures markets in college basketball. I uh, just wanted to touch base with you guys uh, this week. Do want to talk some Genesis Invitational right now. Um, listen, this is a stacked, stacked, stacked field. We are talking, you know, 20 of the top 30 players in the world, 121 golfers total, 20 of the top 30, 30 of the top 50, 24 of the top 30 in the FedEx Cup standings, current FedEx Cup standings right now. So, you know, this is the west end of the kind of West Coast swing. A lot of people say this is when golf betting really begins whenever they head to Riv. It's a par 71, 7,322 yards. We are talking a long, long course here. We got Poa Green, so it is something that, you know, you don't see a ton of. A lot of these guys don't have just a massive, massive amount of experience putting on. Most of these guys live in, you know, well, I shouldn't say most. A lot of these guys live in Florida and live out over on over on that end of the, the country, find Poa over here on the West Coast. And so um, it's just a very, it's a highly variant as well. It gets bumpy as the tournaments go on. It gets rough. So uh, it's just a highly variant green as well. There are seven different par fours of 445 yards or longer. So we are going to need guys that are good 
on their approach shot. We need guys that are good in proximity from, you know, longer out. We're probably going to get 14 different iron shots that are going to come in, you know, longer than 150 yards for, for some of these, you know, for most of these guys, you know, some of these guys are so, so super long and that won't be the case, but you know, for a lot of these guys, we're going to get, you know, 14 different shots of, you know, 150 or longer. So just, uh, just think about that as well. You know, we want, we want long iron play. We want approach. We want to make sure that these guys are, uh, are feeling it from their iron iron game right now, because that is, uh, that is going to be so incredibly important. That said, par fives are where you score here. There's kind of a short, a shortish par five, which is the first hole. It's the easiest hole in the entire course. It scores the easiest on the entire course. Then there's two other par fives, a 572 and a 589. Those also are the two other easiest holes on the entire course. So we want par five scoring as well. Hole 10 is always fun from a viewer standpoint. It's that one that you can decide whether you want to try and drive the green or not. And we're going to have some guys definitely try to drive the green. Do not worry about that at all. There's going to be some guys that lay up. There will be some guys that lay up. There's going to be a lot of guys that try to drive this green as well. Former champions here, Adam Scott in 2020, 2019 was JB Holmes. JB Holmes hit his hundred to one in that Adam Scott was about 30 to one. Bubba Watson in 2018 at about 50 to one. Uh, Dustin Johnson in 2017, who was the chalk. The only time the chalk has really uh, won here recently about eight to one 2016 Bubba Watson again at 25 to one James Hahn in 2015 at 20 at 200 to one. Some of these guys that have finished super, super high, Matt Kuchar, runner up in 2020, Justin Thomas in 2019, Tony Finau, Kevin Na were in the mix in 2018. In 2016, Jason Kokrak, Adam Scott, of course, a winner, Adam Scott in 2020. He was also in the mix in 2016. In 2015, Dustin Johnson, Paul Casey in that final grouping in 2015. So, um, listen, there is no rhyme or reason, as you can tell. I mean, we're talking, you know, eight to ones in Dustin Johnson. Bubba was 25. He was 50. We had a hundred to one guy hit. We had a 201 to guy hit 200 to one guy hit. So no real rhyme or reason as to what type of guy, um, from a betting standpoint is winning this golf tournament. So, um, basically whenever you're going about making your bets, it's not like, Oh, I need to stay in this upper range here. We've seen bombs win here before. And speaking of bombs, that's one of the most important things about this, about this course as well is driving distance because it is so incredibly long and not only because it's so incredibly long, but it is not very penal from the rough as well. So you can bomb it out there. It's going to be hard to hit the fairways as it is anyway. Fairways are not easy to hit here. So if you're not going to be hitting the fairways as it is, you might as well be further out there. You might as well be closer to the hole if you're going to be playing from the rough. If you look at the, uh, if you look at the data from datagolf.com, the two most important things for Riv, for Riviera, driving distance and approach. Not so much putting, not so much driving accuracy, not so much around the green driving distance and approach. So when I plug things into the model that I made this week and I was looking at what was important, right? Driving distance, I weighted at 30%. Approach, I weighted at 28%. Strokes gained off the tee at 15%. I'm kind of double dipping a little bit. Um, 
with the kind of the driving distance because, you know, sometimes that's a little bit correlated, but um, double dipping a little bit of stuff that I want to look for off the tee. 12% of strokes gain on par five because I mentioned, as I mentioned, the par fives are the three easiest holes on the course. So I want guys that take advantage of par fives. I want guys that score on par fives. So I weighted that pretty heavily. And then uh, three small at just 5% of the model. Three putt avoidance, because again, these Poa greens, like I said, they're tricky. As the tournament moves on, they're going to get more bumpy. They're going to get harder to make putts. I just want my guys not going out there and losing the tournament on greens because they're three putting all over the place. Proximity, 150 to 175. As I mentioned, there's going to be some long irons into these holes. And then par four scoring on par fours that are 450 to 500 because there are going to be some, some, some pretty monster par fours, as I mentioned, on this course as well. Those only 5%, though. The big, big thing I weighted, driving distance, approach, off the tee, par five scoring. Strokes game, par five. So when I run that model and you do it over the last 24 rounds, I'll run it for 12 as well. The last 24 rounds, no shock. Dustin Johnson, the guy who's the shortest odds here, is uh, is the guy that is coming up number one in my model. Dustin Johnson is five and a half to one to win this tournament. I know that seems insane. Five and a half to one to win this tournament, not just at DraftKings, not just at FanDuel, but over at points bet. I mean, over at uh, BetMGM as well. So, I mean, listen, I love Dustin Johnson. You love Dustin Johnson. Everybody loves Dustin Johnson. Five and a half to one in a tournament where we have a field as stacked as this one. I just can't get there. I just can't get there on DJ. Um, he's, the best, he's the best golfer in the world. There's no doubt about it. But again, like we said, we're talking 20 of the top 30 in the world, 30 of the top 50, 24 of the top 30 in, in the FedEx Cup standings right now. So it's just hard for me to take a guy at five and a half to one. Um, give me a round under my belt. Give me a couple rounds under my belt. Maybe I decide to come in on DJ then, but I'm not going to get that much worse than five and a half to one. I might get like three to one and I have two, I have 36 holes of data to work with. So just not going to happen for me there. Um, from a betting standpoint, if we look at the top of, you know, the shortest odds here. So it goes Johnson, Rom at 12 to 1, Rory at 12 and a half to 1, Justin Thomas at 14 to 1, Xander at 15 to 1, 15 and a half to 1, Cantlay 16, DeChambeau 17, Finau starts at 22, um Kepka 25, Morikawa 33, Vic Hovland 35 and then of course defending champion Adam Scott at 40, Jordan Spieth also at 40. Everybody else past that is Hideki Matsuyama at 45 or longer. What I do like, what I do like here from this uh, upper tier, the only guy that I'm betting at under, at under 20 to 1 odds this week is I'm going with, with Xander. And, and listen, you know, this is a guy that has been so incredibly consistent over the course of the last, I mean, several years on tour he has been so good he ranks out number four in my model and would only and would be higher than he is but he's 33rd in this field in three putt avoidance which again I only wait I didn't wait that all that much and putting is the most variant thing as it is anyway especially on POA but he's 33rd in the field which has which is the reason why he's fourth in my model would probably be second 
The model goes Dustin Johnson, John Rahm, Will Zalatoris comes in at third, Xander, Brooks Kepka, Sam Burns actually comes in at sixth in my model. He's super long off the tee. He scores a lot on par four, par fives. Bubba Watson, Tony Finau, Matthew Wolf, Justin Thomas, Joaquin Neiman, Bryson DeChambeau, Rory McIlroy, Cameron Tringali, Cameron Davis, Vic Hovland, Daniel Berger, Lanto Griffin, Luke List, Keegan Bradley, and Corey Connors are the top 20 there in my model. When I run last 24 rounds of those things that I said that I was um, you know, interested in this week. Now, this is just a guideline for me. I make decisions based off of what I'm seeing here, but I, I'm, you know, the thing is, is I can see a guy that's maybe he's down at 20th, you know, maybe he's down a little bit lower, but it's because he's really, really terrible just in one category that I, that I'm waiting or really terrible in, in two categories that I'm minimally waiting, but the weight of, you know, him being terrible in two of them has pushed him down the list. One of those guys who is the guy that comes in at 16th in my model and Cam Davis, Cameron Davis is so high, great in driving distance, great off the tee, good scoring on par fives, pretty good on approach, terrible when it comes to the model here in three putt avoidance, terrible on the, for whatever reason, par four scoring on long par fours that are 450 to 500. He's 67th in the field. He's 109th in the field in three putt avoidance. I just told you there's only 121 golfers in this tournament. So, so I can take those things and I can remove them and even move him up a little bit more mentally in my model here. Because again, like I said, putting is incredibly variant. Maybe he gets hot on these longer par fours or something in, in all the other stuff that I'm looking for. He's good at. So, by the way, I have an outright ticket on Cam Davis, 100 to 1. You can find him. Possesses a lot of the skills that I'm looking for. So, we have a Xander at 15 and a half to 1. We have Cam Davis at 100 to 1. Matt, there has to be something in between. You are correct. Joaquin Neiman at 50 to 1. And all of these guys I'm talking about, I also have these alt markets on as well. So, you're going to find... Um, if I have an outright on a guy, I damn sure have a top 10 on a guy and certainly might have a top five even on that guy. It, it, just because what I don't want is my guy to be in contention. And as you know, only one guy wins a golf tournament. So I don't want my guy to be in contention. And then I look up and, and he finishes second or fourth or tied, you know, whatever, T6. And I make no money off of him. So uh, if I'm betting outright, I definitely will have a top 10 on a guy maybe a top five and a, and a top 20 on these guys as well. And this is how we make money in golf guys is just, you know, betting these, these top tens, top twenties, top thirties, even on DraftKings, so that we don't have to just, you know, so we don't just sit there and just lose money over and over and over again. Whenever our golfers don't hit an outright, because only one guy is going to hit an outright every week. There's 121 guys and only one guy is going to win. So uh, be sure. And you're, you're doing that along the way. But walking, uh, walking Neiman has been awesome so far this year. Two second place finishes over in Hawaii. He's got elite ball striking. Um, really like what I've seen from him so far this year. Hasn't played, um, hasn't played a ton, but uh, I think he can. He's got the skills to go over here. And again, he's popping on every one of the categories I'm looking at in my model. And then also, I'm getting an excellent price on him. Really, just like the top tens, top twenties on him here but uh at that super long price i'm going to go ahead and throw an outright on him as well in case he just gets it and puts it all together here 
I like Corin, Colin Morikawa a ton in matchups. He's a California kid, two top sevens so far this year already. We know he is superb with long irons, absolutely lethal with long irons. And I said, approach long irons, things like that, that I'm looking for this week. Really, really love Colin Morikawa in matchups. Don't know how much action I'll have on him outside of that, but certainly uh, in head-to-heads where I can find him against uh, other guys that are, are maybe, you know, maybe even a bigger name, but aren't necessarily playing as well right now. That's where I'm going after with Morikawa. Have an outright on Max Homa, another guy that pops in models for me a little bit lower down. He's outside of the top 20 in my models. He's a little bit lower down, but it's typically because he has two or three of these things that are just absolutely horrible, but then he's excellent in some of these other things. So Max Homa, great in driving distance, awesome in three putt avoidance, awesome in uh, strokes gain par five, awesome in a pretty good above average in approach. He just falls really bad at this par four, 450 to 500. He falls really, really bad at strokes gained off the tee. He's not so great in proximity at 150 to 175 yards. So again, that's just why he kind of ends up falling where he does there. But uh, do have tickets on him. I like Cantlay in head-to-heads. He's been the most consistent golfer basically out there on tour. T3 this past week, as you know. And that's with a second round 73. He has six straight top 20 finishes going back to last fall. He's been as consistent as there is out there. Can't lay in head to heads. I will take can't lay. And you're getting plus money on can't lay in a bunch of these head to heads because he's up against guys like Rom. And, um, you know, listen, Rom hasn't been able to put four rounds together yet. And so I'll take can't lay over Rom. I'll take can't lay over most people uh, head to head. I'm not going to take him over Dustin Johnson or anything, but you know what I'm talking about outside of that. Um, Daniel Berger, listen, as consistent as there is out there, love him in top 30 bets, top 20 bets. Berger has 26 straight rounds of par or better. 26 straight rounds of par or better. He is always going to be around, always going to be lurking. So really like Daniel Berger as well this week. Finally, a couple of other guys that I am go- that I'm going to be on, um, not heavily, and mainly in some of these alt markets as well. Uh, I'm going to take a chance on Matthew Wolf. Just is score. Just is so good in so many of the things that I think are important this week. And then I'm going to have some. Uh, I'm also going to have some shares of. Uh, I'm going to have some shares of Cameron Champ as well. Another guy looks super super long off the tee. Um, really good. Uh, really good at, at scoring in some of these uh, some of these other things. I'm looking. He's just so horrible in all these other categories. And maybe I'm just gonna I'm gonna look at maybe a run hot week for him. But number one in the field in driving distance. But he's just you know one seventeenth in the field in three putt avoidance. One tenth in this proximity to one seventy five. Way down at eighty fifth as far as these long par fours. So there's just some things you know I'm gonna need him to get hot here. But again, he is he is so far down. Whenever you look at him, I mean, it's just more trying to hit a bomb here with him. So those are the guys I'm on this week. Cam Champ at 250 to one. So it's just a it's my, you know, one super long shot for the tournament. As far as the super top guys, look, I'm never going to tell you to bet against DJ, you know, Rory, Justin Thomas, any of these guys at the top. I'm fading Bryson yet again. He might go out and get it done. I've not seen Bryson look like what we saw of him recently, so I am fading Bryson this week, going against him in every head-to-head that I can get. 
As far as Jordan Spieth, um, before we get out of here, I know you're wondering, what about Jordan? I just don't know what to do with Jordan. I want to bet on Jordan and think that he can get something figured out off the tee. But, you know, look, he goes shoot 65, 66. I mean, 65, 67, 71, 70 this past week. He T3s with Patrick Cantlay in Phoenix with a 59% driving accuracy. Berger, who won, had 71%. Maverick McNeely, who was second place, had 82%. Paul Casey, who was one stroke worse than Jordan Spieth, had 79% driving accuracy. And Jordan goes out there with a 59% and still T3s this event. You know? So that's the thing here. If he can find any sort of anything off the tee, he might he might have figured this out. But, I mean, he's just making it so much harder on himself that it's just hard for me to back him right now. Data Golf's True Strokes Gain says he has lost strokes off the tee in the last eight events that he's played. So, you know, one more, one more Prove It To Me Jordan tournament, I guess it's going to be for me. But um, super awesome field, super deep field. Hopefully you'll be playing it. And like I said, any of those guys that that I'm on, hopefully you're on as well. Again, more Cowan matchups, not like Neiman, Cam Davis, Max Homa, Cantlay in every matchup that I can find with him. I have an outright on on Xander. And then, of course, Xander, those alt markets as well. I think Xander shows really, really well here. I have him in head to heads as well. Guys, um, we'll be back next week. We'll talk. Uh, we'll talk some more golf. We'll talk some. We'll check in on the NBA and how the you know some of these teams are fair with some of these injuries and COVID issues that they've been dealing with. We'll get Brett to talk some NHL as well. So, um, if you're not already subscribed, please go in subscribe, rate, and review. Really do appreciate that wherever you listen to podcasts because we are trying to climb the charts here and we do appreciate your support. Until next week. 